Amen. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. He's awesome. Thank you, worship team, for your uh, selection of the uh, worship songs that we would engage God in as we lift up our voices in worship today. The uh, songs that we would sing were an affirmation of what God was saying and planned to say to us. If you want to slide that stuff back for me, buddy, before you get down, that'd be awesome. Yeah, God's amazing, isn't he? Whoops. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Uh, You can set that over there. Thanks. I have a lot of issues. I mean, not uh, God's healed me and forgiven me of the stuff, but I have like, there's a lot going on up here. I mean, believe it or not, I mean, <laughs> there is. <laughs> it's just one of those things, you know, and so I had to clear the deck here, so I'm okay. I'm glad you're here. You look amazing. It's great to have a packed house today. God is so good. Welcome online. Welcome to our Yuma campus. That's our second Sunday there in Yuma as a church of the body of Christ. Yeah. Pastor Stephen and Michaela there. Uh, well, as we celebrate Valentine's Day, I'm going to get right into my message in one moment, but I have to tell you that uh, a lot of people look at 2020 and they're, they're disappointed and, and, you know, I had a little joke I sent to some people. Somebody sent it to me, you've probably seen it on Facebook and stuff, but uh, it was like the lady jumping out of the 2020 building and fire lands on the trampoline and launched into another burning building that said 2021, you know? And... Uh, <laughs> It's kind of funny, but, you know, I want you to know that 2020 was an amazing year for me. God did so many things in my life for me and in my personal growth with him, my walk with him, and uh, took my wife and I and my family uh, and all of you through a journey. And uh, last year today, um, it was actually my wife's cancer surgery took place uh, yesterday. It was our one-year anniversary. And so today, a year ago, we were over at TMC. Yeah, and still awaiting some news on the cancer that she has, her ovarian cancer that um, just God intervened, you know, like I want you to know he doesn't always do that. And I don't know how or why God does what he does. I don't try and figure it out and I don't tell people like I'm God's answer man. I'm totally not. And God doesn't need me to defend him or to justify what he does. I know this as a pastor. I have pastoral friends who's lost spouses. There's been pastors that have passed away. Because you're a Christian, it does not take you out of the world. It removes your sinful nature from this world. But you still live in the consequences of sin in this planet. And so as we navigated through that, I did not know if my wife would survive. And it was not a very good prognosis at the beginning. And they were telling us before we ever went in even to surgery that she's definitely going to have chemo and everything afterwards because of the kind of cancer that it was. And she didn't have any chemo. And uh, God allowed her to pass through that thing. And, uh, you know, we're just like, God's amazing in so many ways. He is. I do know that God had myself, my wife, my family, you all, no matter what the outcome was. And as I talked with my wife after we had navigated through a little bit of that time, I said to her, you know, the reality is one of these days we're going to have the other end, you know just a matter of time before one of us leaves this place to be with Jesus. It's reality, man. And uh, as we get older and, and it becomes more of a reality, even though I see the many years in front of me, I, uh, I realize that none of those are guaranteed. We have this moment and never more do you realize that until you face things that you have no control over. See, we, we live in this delusional idea in our mind that we actually control stuff. <laughs> we don't. 
The only thing we control is this relationship we have with God, and that is it. Nothing else. I want you to know that as we begin today, what God wants to say to us, I am so like, yes, he's amazing. If you guys help me out back there, towards the end of my message, we need to get the kids and the youth up here because the kids are going to be the first ones baptized. We have uh, 13 people being baptized today. Yeah. Testimony of God's amazing work. So let's look at what God's word has to say to us today. Father, we love you. Thank you for Jesus. We lift up your word to you today. God, I give myself to you. I have nothing within myself to do anything for anyone except you. And Lord, we give ourselves to your use and for your purpose in Jesus' name. Colossians 2. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. See that guy, whoever that was that Eric was speaking about? Eric's my nephew. Uh, love him and the family. It's awesome to see my kids and family up here doing God's things. It's, it's so cool. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. But anyway, I don't even know who that guy is, and I, I apologize, but I'm not a follower of... Uh, I'm following Jesus. I don't pay attention to other pastors and churches and stuff. I pray for him, but I don't like pay attention to him, and I don't mean that in any disrespectful way. But I don't know who that guy is. But he lost sight of what God's word says. I do know that. This is what God's word says. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. You don't follow him, you're done. (laughs) If you do not continue to follow him, you're done. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. Man, God's good, isn't He? Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Man, we got to get back to the Word of God, the truth of what God says, and live in that truth. Don't listen to stuff that sounds nice in your ears. Gives you messages you want to hear. God's messages aren't always what we want to hear. Because God speaks truth. And God's truth pierces the heart and the soul. It brings conviction in our life. Thank God it brings conviction. Man, we want to hear the messages that we want to hear. And we tend to tune out the ones we don't. God's word says this, don't listen to that stuff out there, listen to him. God's talking. He wants us to hear him. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. You want to know who Jesus was? He was God and he was man. That's why he paid the penalty for your sins and mine and we can get forgiveness for our sin. Only because of that, it is only by an act of God, by God Himself, who was fully God, who became fully man. Amazing stuff. That's your theology. That's your Christology, as they call it. You need to get that straight. Jesus Christ is God. He is. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Man, you guys, please hear that truth. There is no political leader, none that are above him. 
Nothing's going on that God doesn't know. He is God. He knows it all. And He is the authority of all things. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. Man, there's so much we need to get out of this today. And so just, Lord, help me to get through what we need to. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with Him you were raised to new life because you trusted in the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. God's Word tells us that He cut out and took from us our old sinful nature. Just going to challenge you today with what God's Word says, and way too many Christians are too okay with embracing their sinful nature. God says that Jesus Christ cut it away. No longer me. That's what God's Word says. Stop embracing your sin and start embracing your God. God wants to set us free from that old life. If we were just going to live the same old way, Jesus didn't have to die. It's God's Word. He said, look, I've cut that away. Just like circumcision physically removes something from the body, there is something spiritually removed from you. When you come to Christ and receive forgiveness of your sins, it is your old sinful nature. Dave died. God cut him away. That old introverted, messed up, self-centered individual was put to death. And Christ breathed new life in me and said, Hey boy, you need to change. And I made you different than the way you've been living, acting, talking. Who you were is not who you are. And you need to learn to live a new way in living in Christ. My life is on a a transformational process of God. God doing stuff in me. See, when I look back on 2020, were there problems? (laughs) Hello? I preached for eight weeks right here to an empty church. I didn't like that. I mean, we were doing all kinds of stuff crazy. We still are some of it. But anyway, it doesn't matter. What I'm saying is God was at work, and he's like, do you, do you feel uncomfortable now? Yeah, I'm uncomfortable. Good. I got, your, I got your attention, don't I? Have you given God your attention through this? Have you been busy and distracted by everything else and trying to get involved in all the other conversations Remember the stuff that we were just told about in the Word of God? How we can get into conversations about things that sound like something, but they're not from God? Do you know how much of that stuff's going on? It is all over. I get it sent to me by people all the time. Watch this, watch that, listen to this, read that, look at this. It's like, have you read your Bible? God already told us a lot of crazy stuff's going to happen. Have you read your Bible? Jesus Christ is Lord of Lords. He is King of Kings and He reigns. That's what I care about, church. That's what we ought to care about. That God is at work in our lives to make us new. And you know what? You can't be made new unless you are made new in Christ. It's the only way it works. It's the only way it can happen. See, it is only possible through the power of God. See, that power that raised Christ from the grave is God's power. And it is only that power that gives us the ability to live a new life in the first place. You can't do it in your own will. You already know that. You've tried a lot of stuff on your own. So have I. 
never works. You got to give it to him and God himself will transform and move and make us new in who he is. All right. I'm going to keep reading in that chapter here because it's so great. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. You see how precise and straight up this is? You were dead. Before Jesus, you were dead. You know why? Because sin is death, and sin reigned in our bodies and our life. Therefore, we were not alive. We were living, breathing death. That's where we were. And he says this. He's like, you know, you were dead. You know that. You know how dead you were inside? Some of you maybe are still dead inside. You're dead inside because you don't know the forgiveness and the new life in Christ. You're trying to find new outlets for sin to try and feel life in you. doesn't work. Yeah, the enemy will make you feel a little fuzziness inside for a little while, but it brings nothing but death. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for He forgave all our sins. Yeah, right there, you ought to be all clapping and praising God. Seriously. I don't even know some of you, and I know you should have been given a standing ovation right there. (laughs) He forgave it all. All of it. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to his cross. God did it. Thank you, Jesus. Check out this verse. This is so cool. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. See, in the human eye, it looked like Jesus was in shame. You know why? Because he was taking our shame upon him. In his nakedness and brokenness on the cross of Calvary, he had the appearance of shame and he received the shame of our sin. And therefore, in that, God tells us that he shamed them. Bringing you and I victory. For he was taking our shame. That very thing the enemy used to manipulate, dictate, and move our lives through our death sentence of sin. Jesus Christ took that, brought it back, and said, Now I have them, and they are mine, and I remove that from them so that they might live free. See, Jesus took that shame, that sin, and nailed it to the cross. God cuts it away from us. It's no longer part of us. Stop making excuses for sin. Stop embracing sin. If you have received Christ, God says he cut that out of you. That's not who you are. That's not who you will be. That's not who he died to make you. Amen. I'll say it for you. I heard a couple. See, it doesn't matter what you have in your history. I mean this in a good way. It doesn't matter what you did last night. You may have done something horrific last night. Maybe this morning. I want you to know that God's amazing forgiveness, that grace we were singing about just a few minutes ago, God says He will remove that from us. Take it away and make us new. It's canceled. He said, I I canceled that against you. It's not going to be remembered against you anymore. That's not a license to go up and screw up and just say, I'm sorry at the end of it. 
What God's saying is, I want to invite you into a relationship where I take these things away from you. He took the power away from Satan and he gave us his power. Come on, do you think God's not more powerful than your sin? If he's not, we're screwed. Seriously, we're wasting our time and we have no hope if God's not more powerful than that in our life. We're in trouble. All right. We've got to embrace this new life, church, and live in the full freedom God has provided for us this very moment. God has directed and appointed this meeting with you, whoever you are, here in this room, those of you online, wherever you hear this. God has appointed a direct meeting with you that you might understand his love and his desire to give us new life. God's not asking us to straighten ourselves up, fix all these problems, and then come to him when we're good enough. Can't do it. What he's saying is, come to me. I will fix you. I'll take you as you are, but I won't leave you that way. (laughs) I want to give you a new life and wipe away your past. See, in John 4, there's this great story of the Samaritan woman. Samaritans were, I don't mean this disrespectfully, this is what they were. They were half-breeds. They had Jewish lineage in them, but they were mingled with other races. Therefore, the Jews treated them and looked at them like they were dogs because they had polluted and corrupted God's lineage for the Savior, and therefore they were outcasts. So these outcasts, these Samaritans, had their own place. They had a city, and they believed in God, absolutely. And they believed that there was coming a Messiah because they did have the truth of what they knew in their history, but they didn't associate with one another. And Jesus himself took the disciples and went through Samaria on purpose, and they had no idea what was going on. Came to that well, sat down, Disciples go to get lunch, and he's sitting there, and up walks this woman. Now, I want you to remember this as well culturally. Remember, in that day, women were property. I don't mean that disrespectfully at all. I'm just telling you culturally how things were. Women were not educated in the Jewish uh, traditions. Uh, They were property. They had no say-so in anything. They were usually uneducated, etc., So here's this lady approaching the well, and here's Jesus. Check this out. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone to the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with the Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh and bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. 
then I'll never be thirsty again. And I won't even have to come here to get water. <laughs> Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. For you've had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it is here on Mount Gerizim? For our ancestors worship Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. That's good news for us. We can worship Him everywhere. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship while we Jews know all about Him. For salvation comes through the Jews. Now listen to what Jesus just said there. Salvation comes through the Jews. He didn't say for the Jews only. Through the Jews, salvation would come to all people. Thank you, Jesus. But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way. For God is spirit. So those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming. The one who is called the Christ. When He comes, He will tell her, I am the Messiah. <clears throat> so... Just think for a moment, as you've read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the Gospels, how many times and to who has Jesus ever said, I am the Messiah? I want you to know this is the first time and one of only a couple times, and usually it was in a private circle that Jesus ever said this so flat out. And here it is to a societal outcast from an outcast people. A woman that was known to have a reputation having had five failed marriages and just living with a guy because like, forget that marriage stuff. I can't do it anyway. Just live with me for a while and let's see how it works out. No, that's not okay. Just so you know. It's like so cool what God does. Here is Jesus speaking to an outcast of outcasts and unreachable. <laughs> in our world and in ourself, sometimes we put people in a category of the unreachable. The outcasts of the outcasts. Satan wants you and I to feel like we're unreachable. We're unforgivable. We've done too much. We've gone too far. Look, this is Jesus, the, the Savior of the world, saying, I'm the Messiah. I'm here for you. I came here for an appointment with you. Here's a Samaritan woman all alone coming in the middle of the day, which is not the time women went to the well, but she came there alone. <laughs> Jesus met her. I want you to know that Jesus Christ is here to meet with you alone. And He says, I am here for you. I want to transform your life. I don't care about your past. What I care about is your day today and your future. And I want to give you new life. I want to cut away that old brokenness of your past and give you something better. Church, Jesus Christ has this desire for every one of us. The outcasts the broken, the needy. These are the ones that Jesus came to set free. You and me. 
He offers that new beginning and that new life, the forgiveness of our sins of the past, cutting away the old, the breathing of new life for the new, and the giving of something better, something we'd never attain on our own. In the beginning of Jesus' ministry, you know, he got baptized. The Spirit of God falls on him. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, he was on the day of his baptism. Pretty crazy, huh? That Jesus had the Holy Spirit come and settle upon him. Spirit leads him into the wilderness. Forty days he's tempted by the enemy. Overcomes that temptation through the word of God. Same way we do. Then Jesus, I'm reading from Luke 4. Then Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood town, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll, found the place where it was written. Here he's going to read now. You ready? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, and that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. That's Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. So Jesus stands up in church, reads this section of passage from the, the book of Isaiah, Verse 20 says, he rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All the eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Yeah. More than 700 years before this very moment that we just read about 2,000 years ago, Jesus is in the synagogue and the church, the gathering, reads that scripture that God spoke through that prophet. And Jesus says, I have good news for you. Church, the good news that Jesus gave that day is the good news he wants you to hear today. That he is here for the poor. He's here for the captive to set you free. He is here for blind people to see. And that's spiritually opening your eyes to the truth of who he is. The oppressed, set free. No longer do we have to live under that spirit of oppression. Jesus Christ came to set us free. And we are living in the time of God's favor. Not spiritual darkness. We are living in the time of God's favor. Come on, let's get it together, church. This is the time of God's favor, Jesus said. Do you know why? Because this relationship called being born again, a Christian, the Christian life, being filled with the Holy Spirit, that is now available to us. It was never available before Calvary and the empty tomb. It has never been available to any human being before Christ except for Adam and Eve in the garden and they screwed it up. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the time of God's favor. Let's embrace that. As a church, let's embrace God's favor. This truth is for all of us. All right, we need to get the kids and the youth before I get going here too far. If you want to go down and get them, they need to come up. Thank you. This truth is for you, and this truth is for me. No matter who you are or where you are, Jesus came for you. All right? I want you to know that. Jesus came for you. You need forgiveness. 
a surgical removal of the old sinful you. Come to Jesus today. Yeah. All right? Today's the day. I don't care where you were yesterday, last night, or this morning. Right now, you need to come to Jesus. Like what we ask is for you to keep your uh, eyes open, pay attention, because if you can't like walk up in front of these people in a church, you're never going to survive in a world out there. So I'm asking if anybody here needs to find Jesus today. If you want to know him as your personal savior, just step out of your seat and come forward. I'm not, I'm not talking about just somebody that doesn't, you know, just wants to come and do something. I'm saying if you feel the spirit of God calling you into relationship with Jesus Christ, you need to step up and come forward. Those of you that are online, there's a word on there that tells you you can call, you can seek help on the chat line. Whatever you need to do, you need to do it. Anybody here want to just step out and come forward for Jesus? If you're all good, I'm good too. But God had this appointment for us today. There's no doubt about that. All right. Calling you out in a good way. There you go. We got some people coming. That's a good thing. Amen, girls. There you go, ladies. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. We're just going to pause for a minute. Holy Spirit, you do your work as only you can. Okay, so this is what I want you to hear. This is your sitting at the well moment. (laughs) I don't care who you are or where you've been. This is your sitting at the well moment. If you don't know Jesus, he has invited you here today so that you personally can know him. Personally. Holy Spirit, move. Trust you fully, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're so awesome, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. He loves you. Yes, he does. If you're praying here at the altar, I just want you to know Jesus loves you. And he loves you. He's so grateful for you to come. We don't have to beg God for forgiveness. Just for you that are home, those of you that are here, don't maybe understand this. God's not telling you, beg me for forgiveness. He's saying, I want to invite you into relationship. We confess that we are sinners and broken. God, I need you. Lord Jesus, I ask you to be my Savior personally. I know that I can't save myself. I can't do enough. I give myself to you today, and I ask you to be my Savior. You're so good, God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, guys, there's some there's gotta be a guy in the room that needs to do this. It's all ladies up here, and this is awesome. I mean that. And I'm not I don't mean that just to say it. I'm just telling you, man, guys, sometimes we get this thing about ourselves and we're all independent in that. You need Jesus. And you need to surrender and get over yourself. You can't do it on your own. And if you need him, you need to come. Seriously. All right, Lord, we lift these ladies up to you today. We give you glory. We praise you, God, that you have called them by name. You've invited them into relationship with you, God, and that you desire to forgive them of their sin and breathe new life into them, God. And we ask you to do that for your glory. Just breathe your life into them this very day. Holy Spirit, fill them. 
God, we give you glory for what you're doing in their lives and in our lives. Lord, continue to make us new. Draw us close to you, we pray. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Good